Come on, give the Lord praise this morning. God is good. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, chapter 16. And I'd like to read a verse from there. Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 33. And then I want to invite you to take, make sure before you leave, pick up some flyers and hand them out for our upcoming event on the 25th. And we need all, all of us to participate in that. We'll be right here blocking off the street. Uh, we'll be uh, having a great time. Music, food, comedy. Come on now, we got to work together here. All right, there you go. All right. That'll be August 25th. Proverbs 16, verse 33. And I'm reading from the New International Version. I'm going to read it. And I'm going to ask the Lord for some wisdom and guidance. Because I need it. And this is what it says. The lot is cast into the lap. But it's every decision is from the Lord. Father God, I come to you this morning and ask for your guidance and understanding, Lord, as we think about and respond to what it is you're saying in your word. These words are for us right here and right now. And I pray, Father God, that, that in the reading of these words, Lord God, that they come at a time where you desire to speak to us I pray, Father God, uh, that you would eliminate any sense of randomness and speak to us a word, Father God, that is for today. We thank you in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. So I want to ask you this morning, have you ever had a moment where you experienced something seemingly so random that uh, you had to ask and you have to stop and, and ask yourself, is God speaking to me? Is God saying something to me in this moment, in this event? Like an, something that's happening and it just seems so weird, so out of the blue, so out of the ordinary that you have to ask yourself, is God speaking? Is God telling, trying to tell me something right now? I don't know if that's ever happened to you. It happens to me from time to time. Or you may be thinking about somebody you are praying for somebody, and then you happen to see them. They just kind of show up, you know, and they're there. Whoa, you know, I was just thinking about you. Has that ever happened to you? Or you call somebody. This happened to me once. Where you call somebody on the telephone, and there's no ring, and that person's on the phone and saying, hello? Hello? I was just calling you. Right? Where you just connect. And you wonder, man, what was that? Right? Or you're singing a song, and you turn on the radio, and there it is, right there. The same song you were just singing. Or you're doing something, and you get that strange feeling that you've been there before. Has that ever happened to you? So much so that you can even anticipate what's going to happen next. That something, somebody's going to come, and then boom, and it happens. Wow. It's pretty heavy. Or you're at church or Bible study and you're asked to 
turn your Bibles to a certain place, a certain verse, and you just kind of randomly open your Bible and you're right there at some place you didn't even know, I didn't even know where Zechariah was, you know? And you open it up and you're right there staring at the very verse that you were asked to turn to. Some would call these kinds of events chance, just by chance. Some would call events like this deja vu or, or serendipity. They use that word. We don't use it a whole lot, but serendipity where you may be searching for your car keys and you're looking in all the obvious places. I, I know I wouldn't have left it there, left it there. And you're looking at all the ob obvious places, but serendipitously, you happen to just look in the dryer and there they are. What told me to look in the dryer, right? I, have e I don't even know why I looked there, but you find them in a way that is totally unexpected. And there they are. It's when you discover something that you weren't necessarily looking for or to discover it in a way that you wouldn't expect to find what it was you were looking for. That happens from time to time. Some may call it happenstance, like a random accidental event that lines up so perfectly that you wonder if it was an accident at all. Was that an accident? Today we think of situations like this and we ask like, what are the chances for this to happen? What are the odds for this to happen? And then people who uh, are, are extremely rational and extremely logical, uh, it blows their mind. How, how, you know, what are the odds? What are the odds for this to happen? In our contemporary society, these kinds of situations are never seen as related or, or as having some kind of meaning. They're, they're not considered to be meaningful, but random and unrelated. Nobody takes stuff like that seriously as if God is behind it, as if God is trying to say something. Today, you'd be considered foolish to rely on such random events for decision-making. That you're, you're thinking of something. Man, you know, I've been really thinking about joining the worship team and you know, learning how to play the guitar, and all of a sudden somebody comes by and they, and they say, hey, you know, I have this guitar I wanted to give you. You'd be considered today, in today's society, you'd be considered foolish to think that such a random event has meaning. But if you're a believer, it may be different. In ancient Israel, whenever they faced major decisions, where they could not decide either way, uh, one way or the other. Uh, no one would decide uh, you know, and, and take these major decisions on their own to say, you know what, we're gonna go this way, but they would go to the Lord. They would go to the Lord. And one of the ways they would go to the Lord is that they would cast lots. Now that seems like the last thing that we would do today, to cast lots. Casting lots was like throwing dice. Now you think about that, you know, a great men and women of God, the biggest decisions, not the small stuff, the biggest decisions, what are we gonna do? Life or death situations, what are we gonna do in this situation? Man, let's cast lots. Let's roll the dice on this one. Today we think of rolling the dice as the most risky, random way of deciding things. Well, that sounds like a roll of the dice, brother. Risky, 
but that's what they'd do, casting lots. It's like drawing sticks to see who would draw the shortest or the longest, and we would decide that way, random, random events. Or like casting a ballot. When we vote, even in our contemporary American uh, uh, you know, political system, where everybody goes and votes as if God is not involved in choosing who gets elected. Sometimes God is involved. God makes decisions. Whether we think it's good or bad or right or wrong, regardless of what we try to do, you can never outmaneuver out God. And God makes decisions that we can't explain. The ancient Israelites believed that regardless of how you resolve any question at hand, every decision comes from the Lord. Every single one of them, that whether we go to the right or to the left, regardless of how we arrive at this decision, God is in it. And even if we make a mistake in our choosing which, where, which way to go, God is in it and he can steer us the way we need to be. They believe that. Every decision comes from the Lord. Proverbs 16.33 describes how they how they would place objects, whether they were stones or small sticks, that they would somehow identify, maybe by color or by length or whatever it may be, and they would throw them into the garment of the priest. And it's describing how they would put those sticks there or those stones there, and, and, and then they would throw them out, the casting of lots. They would throw them in the, in the, in the lap or the fold of the garments and throw them out. And whichever stone or stick came out, they would look at the meaning as God speaking to them. The understanding that they had was that the stone that fell out of the robe was God's answer. That God reached in and pulled it out. That God caused the right one to come out. It was God who caused this to happen. And they would believe it with such confidence, with such conviction, that they would base their decision on that. They would rely on it. And the answer to their decision would be found in the outcome of something that seemed so random. It, just by chance, yet they refused to believe. They refused to believe that it was coincidence. That there was no such thing as coincidence. In their minds, what seemed like chance or coincidence to somebody else is in reality the sovereign determination of God. God decided on this. And they were convinced that nothing comes to pass by blind fortune, by coincidence, but that God decides. And that's what this verse is telling us. By the will of God, the stone that was prepared as it rolled out of the, of the priest's garment, the stone that was prepared to roll to the left, God intervenes and, and somehow by by uh, disrupting gravity caused it to go to the right a little bit. He, 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 he changed the outcome of what would have been to make his will come to pass for his people. Those that are seeking an answer from God and he realizes that they're searching for him and, and asking him for direction that in those random moments God would step in. They believe this. That's hard for us to swallow. It's hard for me to swallow. I don't, you know, okay, we're going to make a decision on the, you know, August 25th. Come on, come on, you know, you know, we, we you know, we, we try not to do that. We try not to, right? 
But this is how they made their decisions, right? Events that seem to be tossed into our laps by chance. Even those things that just fall upon us by chance, somehow the turnout of those events would fulfill God's perfect design. Even though it seems like, man, are we really, uh, do we have a, a clear decision on the steps we're taking? Do we know exactly what it is we're doing? Do we have it all figured out? And people rely on figuring it all out. They try to figure out their spouse in marriage, try to figure out what school, what job. They try to figure out every stage of their life. But it's God who determines the outcome. When surprises show up, you can't figure that stuff out. But God knows which steps to take. And he will help you in the pattern or the path that you're supposed to take. What comes to us as a mystery may be a perfectly designed masterpiece from the Lord. I wonder if we walk with God that way. I wonder if we have that kind of relationship to, to go through a situation and say, man, I blew it in that thing. I blew it. But I know that God will take the stumbling stones and make them a stepping stone. That I can rely on God to fix my errors. I can rely on God to steer me in the right way. I can trust him with my life because I love him and I serve him and he won't cause me to fail. I wonder if we walk with God that way. Is he involved in the daily occurrences of our lives? Does he send us reminders of his presence throughout the day? Does he speak to us in the night when we're sleeping in our beds, dreaming, he speaks to us? Does he guide us with reminders that he is near us? Does he send reminders of his presence, confirmation in words and in signs, uh, whispers by his spirit in our hearts to let us know that he's with us? Does he send people at the right time to say the right thing? The devil does. The devil will send people at the right time to say the thing that would discourage us, to say the thing that will, that will dishearten us. But God can encourage us. He will show up at the right time. In Joshua chapter 6 and 7 tells a story of a battle. And after defeating the town of Jericho, you remember the story, they marched around it seven times, and the Bible says that somebody, somebody out of, out of 30,000 people, somebody stole something that they shouldn't have taken. And they couldn't figure out who it was, and they cast lots. Out of 30,000 people, and it fell on a guy named Achan. The lot fell on the guy named Achan. They couldn't determine it. If they had CSI back then, they couldn't figure, you know, fingerprints and DNA. They couldn't figure it out. But when they cast lots, Somehow it fell on this guy Aiken unexpectedly. And when they asked him, they simply asked him, hey, you know what, was it you? And he confessed, spilled the beans, man. He's, he was singing like a jaybird, you know, just, I'm the one who did it. I'm the one who did it. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter 14, they cast lots to determine who ate the honey. They had planned a fast, we're gonna fast. And we're going to fight the enemy, but we need to fast. We need to hear from the Lord. And they, and they went out to fight the enemy, and somebody found some honey. I said, man, that's some honey right there. And he stuck the, the end of his, the, the butt of his spear in the honey and then, you know, tasted it. Just a little taste. They were supposed to be fasting. It was just a little taste. And they found out. 
And out of 3,000 men, they determined it was Jonathan when they cast the lots. It came down to two people. One of these two, they cast the lots. Man, it was Jonathan. Ecclesiastes 9.11. Solomon says this, I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. Solomon is describing these five instances of unexpected outcomes that you can plan for backwards and forwards. You can plan for, you can put the fastest runner in the race, the most powerful warrior on the battlefield. But sometimes time and chance happens to all of them. In none of these scenarios is it the fault of the people who are listed here. The fastest runner loses the race. The, the, the strongest warrior loses the battle. The wisest is unable to find food to eat. The most brilliant faces poverty and the most skilled ends up in obscurity. It's not their fault. He says that sometimes time and chance happen to all of them. That if you try to make decisions based on wisdom and strength and ability and skill, sometimes you will be disappointed. You'll be shocked when you see the outcome. In fact, these are qualities that in most, in most cases they guarantee a victory. We're gonna put the best, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna send the best, the, the, the strongest, the, the wisest. And these very things that we rely on to make decisions today surprise us. But Solomon is saying, no way, Jose. You know, there are incidences, occurrences, moments in time where God has other plans. God has other plans. Where rational decision-making won't cut it for us. Where we need to be in prayer. We need to talk to God. We need to listen God and he sends signals he sends a message he speaks to us in random seemingly unrelated ways in little whispers in, in things that we see things that we come across words to songs things that people say to us we may open our Bible and read something God is speaking to us face to face but do we hear the voice of the Lord The swift loses the race, not because of a deficit of abilities, not because of a lack of speed. The swift loses the race because God has other, plan has other plans. That, that's not where I want to go. That's not what I want to do. You could put your wisest, you could put your, your, your smartest, your, your most able out there to do whatever it may be. But if God has other plans, I want to know what that other plan is. I need to listen to the voice. His voice may speak in little things. His voice may come in other ways that you, we're not looking for when we're trusting in the speed of the fastest, the wisdom of the wisest. God may come to us some other way. And those that are expected to win, who would indeed win in every other scenario, may shock us with a loss. We need to listen for God. There are moments in time when things go differently than we anticipate. When all of our preparation and planning and logic don't produce the things that we expect them to produce. 
We spend so much time on that. When skill or wisdom or discernment or strength fail us, they fail to guarantee the expected outcome. We can't get mad at people. We can't get mad. We, we need to say, hey, you know, hey, let's, let's pause a little bit. Let's go to God in prayer. Let's listen. Let's listen for his voice in the little things. And that's what the ancient Israelites did. They said, man, we'll even, we'll even roll the dice on this. We'll even pick straws on this one. God, we need to hear from you. We're not going to send out our best warriors to die. We need to hear from you first. We need to hear from the Lord. Sometimes we rely on on, on all kinds of other things to make decisions. But can we rely on the providence of God, the voice of God? Sometimes God has other plans for us. Solomon calls it time and chance. Isaiah 46.10 says this, and this is the Lord speaking. He says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey. From a far-off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. So not everyone who wins, wins because they're the fastest. Not everyone who wins, wins because they're the strongest. God sometimes quickens the weak. Praise God for the weak. Praise God for the chance that God avails upon us. Sometimes he blesses the, lo the lowly, the those without understanding. Sometimes he raises up the outcast, right? And, and in so doing, he confounds the world. How did the fastest lose the race? It's because God had another plan. He's able to raise up others to do what no one else can do. He's the master of the comeback, the master of the upset, the surprise victory. When God has a decision that he's made, he will cause it to come to pass. God is in charge of everything. And this is why David could defeat De uh, Goliath. This is why the, 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 that Gideon and, and 300 men could defeat 100,000 or more Midianites. This is why uh, Jephthah and the worshipers was able to face the, the armies of Moab and Ammon. The worshipers were able to defeat two armies just by singing praise to God because God had other plans. It doesn't rely on the army, the strongest, the swiftest. When God has other plans, his plans will prevail. God is amazing. For God, there are no unimportant events and we need to know that he doesn't exercise his strength only on the major events of the universe like the building of mountains and the arranging of the stars in the sky that doesn't take all of his strength more of his strength rather than exerting his strength and bringing direction to you fighting against the onslaught of darkness when he's fighting and exerting his energy to speak to you, to wake you up at night, to whisper into your ear, it takes the strength of God to speak to a hardened heart, a mind that is obstinate, that doesn't want to hear God, a hard-headed individual. It takes the strength of God to get through to someone with his own will, with her own will that wants to go their own way, for God to interrupt us. He fights 
to speak to us. For God, there's no unimportant events. The same strength he exercises in doing great things, he uses to speak to us every single day. That word, that incidental event that seems to happen out of nowhere, out of the blue, what seems to be coincidental, unrelated or accidental in reality is God's little post-it note to us, reminding us of his presence, his little post-it notes, reminding us to seek him, to pray to him, to rely on him, to trust him. The Bible says that he tracks every sparrow, every sparrow. Man, when I was a kid, I used to call them chichi birds. They were just, chi chi chi, you know. He tracks every sparrow. He knows them, and there's a lot of them. He tracks them. He knows where they are. He knows how many there are. And when one of them falls to the ground, the Bible says he knows all about it. Nothing surprises God. Nothing catches him off guard. He is always aware, always attentive. And if he knows the whereabouts of the sparrow, man, imagine what he knows about you. He sees what's ahead of you. He sees what's around you. He sees the voices that are influencing you, the things that are danger to you. He knows you more than you know yourself. And he's always there. What happens to be, or what appears to be, random chance is often in reality God's sovereign design for your life. Coincidence is how the unsaved explains unexpected events. Coincidence is how a non-believer makes sense of unexpected surprises. That's, how, that's what they would call it. That's how they would name it. But just because things take us surprise, by, by surprise doesn't mean that God is taken by surprise. And don't get me wrong, God will uh, you know, allow people to make mistakes sometimes and then reap the consequences of their mistakes but only a sovereign God would be able to align the mistakes that we make in such a way that something beautiful can come out of it. And that's what we call grace. Only a sovereign God could say that he will make all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. He even takes un unplanned events, random, off-the-wall events, and weaves them into his perfect perfect plan for our lives. He loves us that much. So never dismiss the random events of life. And I'm not saying that you start rolling dice, you know, should we buy this car or that car? Honey, get the dice, you know. Let's, let's, let's decide on this thing. We're going to cast lots. Although we see it, even in the New Testament, after Judas was gone and they had to decide on, on who would take uh, the place of Judas, they cast lots in the New Testament. The disciples, the apostles, cast lots that somehow, regardless of how we make this decision, they believe that God was there. So never dismiss the random events of life. Zechariah said it best. He said, who despises the day of small things? Who despises the day of small things? Let's stand this morning. Oh God, we need to listen. We need to hear his voice. I believe that he tries to speak. There are times when God tries to speak to us. He tries to get our attention. There are times when he's whispering. 
There's times when he's shouting. And I wonder if we hear him. You know, it was Albert Einstein, and whether he was saved or not, I don't know. But Albert Einstein said this. He says that a coincidence is a small miracle when God chooses to remain anonymous. He steps out of the way and does a little thing, a small thing that seems like it is unrelated, that it has no real connection with what's going on. That's what it seems like to cast lots at a major decision. But their conviction was that whatever the outcome, God is in it. Father God, we pray this morning, Lord God, for wisdom. We pray for discernment. We pray for discernment, Lord God. We have, we have very real decisions to make. Decisions on direction for our families. Decisions, Father God, on your will and your purpose, your calling for our lives. What have you called us to do? How have you called us to serve you? What is your plan and your purpose, Lord God? And, and there are times we, we, we don't know, we can't figure things out and we try to do what seems logical, rational, reasonable, but there may be times when you're not in the logical or the rational. And so God, we pray that you would show up, speak to us. Father God, help us to be sensitive and discerning in the little things the words that come randomly, the voice that is spoken, even in our sleep, the dreams that we dream, the things that we see, things that we hear, events that we interpret as, as a sign from heaven. Not that we become so mystical that we, that we miss the realities of life, but Father, I pray that we don't trust our rational thinking more than we trust the voice of your spirit. So Lord, help us to hear you, we pray this morning. Help us to hear you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You know, it's my prayer this morning that God would give us discernment, that we would hear God and have such a conviction on the steps we take to know that God is leading us because without him, Without him, we're simply trusting ourselves. So this morning, if that's you, if you say, Lord, Lord, I have responsibilities, that there are people that rely on me. My future relies on the decisions I make, my reputation, my calling. There are others, Lord God, that rely on me having a correct understanding of, of where to go and what to do. God, I need wisdom. And the Bible says that he gives wisdom liberally without finding fault without looking for a reason not to give you the wisdom you need God will generously pour wisdom into your heart into your mind to make the decisions you need to make to give you discernment to help you to see the things you need to see to, re to, to know the things you need to know that's who God is this morning and if that's you and you need wisdom this morning why don't you come if you need discernment from God why don't you come Oh God, touch us this morning. Meet us right here. Oh God, meet us right here at this altar. Lord God, you know the decisions we need to make for our families, for our, for our future. My God, speak to us. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. My hallelujah belongs to you.
you.